We don't have a lot of time left, but let's look at some things we were looking at last week. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We're look, we were looking last week at the armor of God. We didn't get very far into the armor. Uh, so we'll look at that a little more this week. It says, Finally, my brethren, in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now this, this, this passage here all works together. All of this works together to cause you to be victorious over the enemy. Amen? So you can't really just pick out and pick and choose. And you don't even really want to stop right after uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. A lot of times we just stop right there. But in verse 18 and 19 are also a part of your victory and your triumph over the enemy. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Verse 10 told us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now this is kind of a warning to you really for you not to even try to be strong in yourself. If you're trying to be strong in yourself, you're going to fail. You are not macho tough enough. And I'm not even just talking to men. I mean, sometimes women are so independent and they can do it themselves. No, you can't. No, you can't. We are not strong except in the Lord. We are no match for the devil except in the Lord. And in the Lord, the, the devil is no match for God. The devil is no match for God. And God lives in us. And the devil is no match for us only because we're in God and as long as only when we stay in God. Amen? The Bible says that my, my life is hid with Christ in God. And as long as I stay hid, but i got to stay hid. Amen? I mean, that's how it works, family. Uh, so the devil's no matter. And there's, that's a challenge, staying hid. you got to, to stay hid. Because see, I want to tell you what the enemy does. He baits you to come out. He tries to get you to, to get unhid. I mean, you're confessing, I'm healed. And he will try to get you, even by, uh, you know, sometimes the devil will just bait you. Uh, well, how you been feeling? Somebody come up to you, how you been feeling? The devil's baiting you. And man, you you really do not you really don't look good. I mean, you know, you know, I mean that if you ever the devil will bait you with things like that, trying to get you to get unhid and to say, oh, man, you know, I that's the truth. I mean, I feel like Ned and the first reader, did is Ned and the first reader in Alabama? Well, they're looking at me strange now. Yeah, I guess that was not here. <laughs> anyway. You know, the enemy will try to bait us to get us get unhid. And then verse 11 there, he says, put on the whole armor of God. In other words, stay hid. Stay hid in God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I like that part where it says that ye may be able. You're able. And to stand. To stand against. 
Notice it didn't say fight against, it said stand against. We don't, the, uh, I think that came forth in that utterance that was given, is that, you know, He'll fight for us. He's going to do it for us. Amen. We don't have to do it ourselves. We just stand, we just stay hidden Him. Just stay in faith and stay hidden Him. And He does it for us. Hallelujah. But the enemy will try to get you to fight with Him. He will try to get you in a fight with Him. He likes it if you'll start fighting devils. Amen? But you don't have to. You just stay hid. 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us the only fight we're to ever fight is the good fight of faith. Amen? Now you are going to fight a fight to stay in faith. You're going to fight with your flesh. You're going to fight with, your, with the thoughts that come in your mind. You're going to fight a fight to stay in faith. But you don't have to fight the devil. Why would we fight somebody that the Bible says in Colossians that Jesus already triumphed over? But see, he's, he's, he tries to pick a fight with you. He'll try to pick a fight. And he'll try to get you fighting with him. And I used to fight the devil. I used to fight the devil. And the temptation is to fight the devil. I mean, when you get symptoms on your body, do you just flat get mad? I mean, this makes me mad. I am a covenant woman. The Bible says, oh, not this daughter of Abraham, oh, she ought to be healed. And I say, this makes me mad. And so you get in that mad, you, you, and, and you know, it's a righteous indignation. But in that anger, you've got to make sure that the Satan doesn't use that to bait you and get you out fighting the fight that you're not supposed to be fighting instead of resting in faith. Now I, can, I, I am speaking this from much experience. And especially some of us are kind of doers anyway. I just feel better if I'm doing something. And, and, and there's a rest though. There's a rest of faith. And verse, verse 12 says... For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. We talked about this last last week. How there's levels of demons. There's four levels of demons listed there, and the last level there, that spiritual wickedness in high places, and in your margin it says heavenly places. We read where the Lord told Brother Hagen uh, when he when he appeared to him that Jesus told him. He would deal with those wicked spirits in the heavenly places. Amen. So we're not even going to think about those. We're going to believe the prophets. We're not even going to think about those. But we do have principalities and powers. And what was that other one? Rulers of the darkness of this world. We have those to deal with. I brought the book tonight. Uh, it's on page 70. It, on page 70 of I Believe in Visions, Kenneth E. Hagin, the Lord went, up, went on to say to me, there are... These are the highest types of demons with which you have to deal on earth, the rulers of the darkness of this world. They rule all, all unsaved people. Listen to that, family. The rulers of the darkness of this world rule all unsaved people. If you don't want rulers of the darkness of this world ruling over you, you better get saved. And you better stay hid in Christ. Because even if you're saved, if you'll let them rule over you, they'll rule. They'll influence you to do all manner of things that you never intended to do, that you never wanted to do, that you don't even believe in doing. Amen? And it says, so they rule all unsaved people, all who are in darkness. They rule over them and dominate them. That is why people do and say things that they don't intend to. That is why some good people say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they have done something worse. 
This is because they are dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They are in the kingdom of darkness. And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends and relatives or whoever it may be, if they are unsaved, are dominated by these spirits who are rulers of the darkness of the wor- this world. You say, well, Debbie, this scares me. Good. It ought to. Get saved. Get hidden Christ. You don't have to fear these demon spirits if you'll stay hidden Christ. Amen? If you'll get saved, they can't make you do things you don't want to do. It is always one of these rulers of the darkness of this world that possesses a person. They rule not only those who are within the darkness of this world, but they also tell the principalities what to do. Then the principalities rule over the powers and tell them what to do. The lowest type of demons have very little to do. They do very little thinking of their own and are told what to do. I mean, low-level demons, you know, out there. And so we have those powers of darkness of this world. But Jesus said, the Word of God tells us, we don't wrestle with those, with uh, flesh and blood. That's what we're wrestling with. And I like the way he used the word wrestle instead of fight. Because wrestle is different than fight. Because we're not fighting the devil, but you know there is a... To me, there's a pressure, that pressure that you feel in the spirit realm, that, 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 that struggle that you feel to be free of those things, that's what you're wrestling against. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a wrestling. No, you can't have, but we don't have to ever fight him, but we're wrestling to be free of him. You know what I mean? And, and so, right here, it tells why, uh, Prisons are full of people who did things they never intended to do. You know, I was reading in one of Norval Hayes' books, and he said, you know, he goes in the prison, and he said that the, some of the nicest people he has ever met in the world are in prisons. And family, am I, I don't know, I've been meditating this for about three weeks now. And God's been doing it because God's got a mandate on my life to help people. To not only help people get healed, but help people, especially in the area of healing, but to be, to be free. I like to see people be free. And, and God's put it in my heart to help people. And, 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 you know, sometimes in this church we talk and we refer to denominational people and we refer to traditions that people believe in stuff. Don't ever believe or think that we feel superior or that we have, don't have compassion on those people. The, the call of God on my life is to help those people get free. Amen? And so sometimes just to, to teach you though and to help you get rid of your wrong thinking and your traditional thinking, we'll say, you know, there's churches that believe this or there's, there's people that believe this. And you know, we're trying to make a point that here's a way of believing, here's a mindset that's out there in the religious community and it's wrong, it's false, it's, it's against the Word of God. And so we're trying to make a point. But you've got to separate that we're not, we're not putting down people. We're putting down those demon spirits that have influenced them to believe all that religious garbage and we want to see people free I want to see people healed I want to see people delivered it's not right for God's people to have that mark of the curse on them it's not right God's indignant about it and he's looking for a people that will stand up and be indignant about it I'm, I'm mad that Satan tried to touch my body and I'm mad he tried to touch yours. And you know what? He touched the wrong people. 
Because when He touched this church and the people in this church, He propelled us into a healing ministry that's going to take over the, the, the city of Tuscaloosa, the county of Tuscaloosa, and the state of Alabama, the whole southeast. The healing anointing and the healing ministry in this church. Because we know that God's coming back for a glorious church. He's going to put things back in order. There's not going to be any messed up spines, messed up legs, blind eyes. He's putting the church in order. Now you can get in on the tail end of this or you can get in on the front end. I, I, I chose the front end a long time ago. The reason, when I chose the front end, God literally, I, li I did, I, in my prayer time in Seminole, Texas, I would pray and say, God, I want to be in on the front end. Because I came in on the back end. Uh, I noticed Martha told us, you know, that 1969 was when she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when you said that, I thought, she was in on, she got in on that charismatic movement thing. You were in on all of that stuff. We didn't. We got in. It was about to, it was fading away in 1980. I mean, there were some little things for about a couple of years. But I mean, the charismatic movement was over. God had done His due in that. And He was into a new movement. And you know, God moves on. The cloud moves. And the cloud had moved on. And I said, I, and I've always said, God, you know, I'd read Brother Hagin's books and I'd go, I mean, here's the prophet of God. I never even have heard him prophesy. You know, they'd say he'd prophesy for three hours sometimes. You know, and the things that went on during the charismatic movement. Man, fabulous things. And it's like, then we, we went in through, there was a season where it was like, we were all just walking by faith. We were believing in miracles by faith. Because I was one girl that had never seen one. And I'd been healed, but you know, to just literally say I had seen, I had never seen anybody get up out of a wheelchair. I had never, you know, I had never seen a blind eye open. I'd never seen a deaf ear open. But I believed. Without seeing, I believed. Without seeing, I believed. And so I was crying out to God and saying, God, I want to be on the front end. And I, I believe that's one of the things that got us from Texas to Alabama. Is, is, is you got to be in on the front end. Well, okay, I'm going to have to take you to the front lines if you're going to be in on the front end. Amen? And so here's the front lines. And God's put us with y'all, and y'all are in the front line. Amen? Praise God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I mean, I, if I've gotten just a glimpse, and I know some of you have gotten a glimpse, but I'm, there's something big out there that we're fixing to break through in. We're breaking in on. Amen? And so you say, well, Debbie, why are you talking about this? Well, family, when we get out there helping people, we better have on the armor. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So we have these demon spirits. but So we're going to help people. Because demon spirits are influencing people in this town to do things they don't really want to do. And like Pastor said this morning in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan's called the God of this world. And, and, and Nancy Dufresne, Pastor Nancy Dufresne, she said it this way. I, this is so interesting to me. She said, because Satan is called the God of this world, the currents of evil and his forces are continually flowing around us. That there are currents of evil continually flowing around us. Have you ever walked in somewhere and you could feel it? It was so powerful. The evil forces were so powerful you could feel it. And you thought, I don't like this place. I want to get out of here. Maybe it was a restaurant. Maybe it was somewhere else. And you just said, man, I just don't like this place. This place gives me the willies. You know, your spirit was picking up on something. But family, just walk out there in the street. They're flowing out there. 
There's currents of evil. And when our body comes up against those sometimes, it affects our bodies adversely, and our bodies respond with symptoms. But let me tell you this. The Bible says there's another current flowing. The Bible says that out of my belly is flowing a river of living water. And, and, but I need to keep that river flowing. I need to keep it stirred up. Because if I keep something flowing out, nothing can flow in. Hello. And this is not a day to be passy. This is not a day to be wishy-washy. This is not a day to be on a fence. This is a day that it is so dangerous to be passive and wishy-washy. The Bible clearly teaches us that in the end times, because Satan knows his that lease, you know that 6,000-year lease that Pastor was talking about this morning, that 6,000-year lease is up and he knows it's up. It's, it's up. And because he knows it, he, he knows what his destiny is. Do you know that Satan is full of regrets? Satan is so, he wishes he had never done what he did. He is full of regrets. He is full of remorse. And he hates God for doing what for 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 he hates God for what his destination is. He hates God, he hates the fact that God sent Jesus. He hates he's so mad that he crucified Jesus. And the Bible says had he known who he was crucifying, that he was crucifying the Lord of glory, that he would never have done it. It sealed his eternal doom. It sealed our victory. Amen. And so he's, he's, he's angry. And the Bible teaches that, that all manner of evil and wickedness are unleashed on the earth at this time because he's so angry, he's so mad. This is not the time to be wishy-washy. This is the time to be hidden Christ. This is the time to be in the local church, to submit it to a pastor. This is the time to have that covering over you where the body of Christ, where God is your rearward and the body of Christ is watching out for you. Amen? Where you have a pastor that's watching out for you. That's praying for you. Amen? This is the time to be hid, to stay hid. Hid in the Word of God. This is not the time to be out there. It's not. It's dangerous to be out there. There's tomaine poisoning out there. Among many other things. That's the least of it, honey. That's the good news of what's out there. Hello? Amen. You don't even have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to go to that restaurant. Besides, just even using logic, it's the cleanest restaurant in town this week. You know what I mean? It is. It is. But you don't even have to be afraid. Because you, you can take the Word of God and you can sanctify your food, like Pastor said this morning. And you know, i just, I, I got to say this because I was thinking this this morning when he was saying it. I want to tell you what else you ought to be sanctifying. If you have to take medication, you sanctify. You sanctify that medication. And you, you declare and say, this medication brings me only good and it does me no harm. Amen? Have you ever list, read the list of side effects? Family, even aspirin has side effects. Why do you think they give it to heart patients? Because it has a side effect. That they want the, it's, in that case, it's a good side effect, but it has a side effect. And so you need to sanctify that and, 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 and declare. And it, it's not, it's not a asking God to bless it. Pastor explained this this morning, and I don't mean to be repetitive. I'm not trying to re preach what he preached. I don't know why this is up in my heart. I mean, because he did a good job. I'm not saying that. 
But, you know, maybe it just needs to be repeated. Maybe some of you didn't catch it. Maybe somebody wasn't here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Praise God. Um, but you declare it. It's not, God, would you bless our food? It's, no, I bless this food. I call this food sanctified by the Word of God. And the Holy Ghost, it came up in my heart one day this week before I ever heard about the restaurant. It came up in my heart. I was just meditating one day and it came up in my heart. Call your food clean and holy. Declare it clean and holy. I think the Holy Ghost knows things we don't know about the world we live in. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so we declare it. Hallelujah. Clean and holy. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, this is all of these things. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Verse 13, it says, take all, take, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now, the whole armor of God, he says whole armor, and he uses the word whole twice, implies that you could take part of the armor, and you could be unsafe just because you didn't take the whole armor, you just took part of it. And I, I think there's Christians walking around, and they got part of the armor on. And they don't have the whole armor. But he tells us, take the whole armor of God, and he says, then you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And that evil day, or what I like to say, is you'll be able to stand when Satan's assault comes. Because the assault is coming. A lot of Christians don't want to admit that. And they're not, it's not that they're not admitting it because of faith. They're, not, they're, they're, they're like, that won't happen to my family type thing. That'll never happen to us type thing. Amen. And then he says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And it's a satanic ploy to try to get us to do more than the Word of God has said for us to do. He says here, well now when you've done everything you, when you've done everything the Holy Ghost has led you to do and the Word of God says to do, just stand. Just stand. Family, I know from experience it's like, maybe I should be doing something else. What should I, maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe I should have rebuked something I didn't rebuke. Maybe I should have said something I didn't say. So maybe I should have prayed a prayer I should not you know. I may not have said everything I need to say. And so we're tempted to even repray our prayers wondering if we prayed it right the first... Do y'all know what I mean? If you've ever been under attack, I mean, these are feelings that come to you and it's like, did I say everything? Maybe I should have gotten... I got pastor to lay hands on me, but maybe I should have got Miss Debbie. And you know, you know, it's just all of this stuff will try... Because see, Satan's trying to get you to, to even move on unbelief. By, he's trying to get you to move in unbelief. You know what I mean? And he does the same thing. I, I'm ministering. I'm talking about healing here, but he does the same thing financially. You believe you receive for something financially, and he'll try to get you out there and, and uh, to, to do to, to, to do something with the arm of the flesh. Amen. And try to help God. And nobody in here ever tried to help God. Well, we do at our house. I mean, we did at our house. We have a few times at our house tried to help God, and every time we tried to. It didn't work out. A lot of times God just, by His grace, gave us, we, we, we saw it. it came, we, we came to ourselves before we got off into something, before we got something manifested we didn't want to manifest. Before we got a house we didn't want or a car we didn't want. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. So He says, take the whole armor of God. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then He tells us, so He begins to tell us about the armor. And He says there, having your loins girt about with truth. Truth is the Word of God. 
And so he says, girt your loins about with truth. Man, this is a putting on of something. This is, a, this is an active participation in something. This is when you gird your loins up. I mean, this is not just something you just kind of casually do. This is not like putting on a moo-moo, honey. This is like putting on a corset. Now, y'all all watched Gone with the Wind, and y'all saw that that, 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 that m- m- mammy, you saw her girt that corset up on uh, Scarlet, didn't you? And tie that. This is how, this is a, this is something you're involved in. I prefer moo-moos, do y'all? Does anybody in here know what a moo-moo is? <laughs> Amen. Amen. That, a moo-moo is the things that my kids uh, make fun of when I come out wearing those kind of things. I have some of those things. Anyway. Frumpy. They call it, Mama, that's your frump dress. <laughs> anyway. Praise God. But see, my point is that this, this is, there's some effort to this. You're putting on something. Bless God, my loins are girt about with truth. Not, huh? I hope I, I hope I know what I know. I hope I know something. I, man, I hope this works. No, bless God, I know who I am in Christ. I've got my loins girt about with truth. Now see, the enemy, he's scared of things like that. I mean, some Christians are so wimpy. It's like, get a life. You know, get something, get anything. Get a backbone. And as strong as some of us are, all of us, could succumb to self-pity. And not, I mean, now I tell you, I've got a strong personality. I mean, y'all have all figured that out by now. I mean, just in the natural, not even spiritual, I just, you know, I come on like gangbusters. You ought to have been in, you ought to have been in Christian school with me. You ought to have been, you ought to let me be your teacher. I was the kind of teacher that they loved 20 years later. But at the time, I was a thorn in their flesh. I mean, praise God. But I'm telling you, even personalities like that, oh, self-pity can get on us. Mm. And when we're in self-pity, our loins aren't girt about with truth. This isn't in my notes. This is coming up out of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to myself, Debbie. Don't get into self-pity. And man, sometimes, oh, don't don't you want to be in self-pity sometimes? Don't you feel sorry for yourself sometimes? Don't you think this isn't fair sometimes? Bless God, it's not fair. Like I said, it's not right. It is not right for Satan to touch a child of God. It is an injustice. It is is against the law of God. But he's a lawbreaker. He's the lawless one. Amen? And so, boy, I tell you, it's easy to get over in self-pity and feel sorry for ourselves. But you will not ever get out of it in self-pity. You can whine and cry to God till the cows come home. And you can whine me till the cows come home. And you can tell God this. Let me tell you, here's a world famous one. I just can't take it anymore, God. And I quote myself. (laughs) I just can't take it anymore. You can say that until you literally turn green. And it won't change anything and the devil won't budge and God won't move. 
For, because God's already done everything and He's put the authority in our hands and you better girt your loins about with truth. And when you go, well, I'm telling you, if you had one of those corsets on, I mean, you, you have a whole different posture. I, I, I've never had one on. You, when, that's right. When you have a corset on, you've got to suck it up. And that's what some of us Christians need to do is suck it up. Amen. And so when your loins are girt about with truth, I mean, I tell you, you're strong. Your backbone is firm. You're not moving. You're not backing up. You're not taking no for an answer. You've already read the Word and you refuse to do without it. Amen. I'm not ever going to quit believing. Smith Wigglesworth said, I'd rather die believing than not to believe. And sometimes you've got to get to that point where you say, I'd rather die believing this. Of course, you know nobody ever has. <laughs> Family, just know if you die, you didn't believe. And if your grandma died, she didn't believe. Well, I mean, if, I mean, I mean everybody dies sometimes. But you know what I mean if she died prematurely. If she, if she didn't live till she was satisfied with long life. She didn't believe. And she may have been the sweetest grandma that ever walked the earth. I trust she was. She may have, she may have loved God family. There are people that love God with all their heart. There are people that love people. I admire, I mean that love, that manifestly love people. Like I don't even have capacity for at this point. And I love I think I love people, but I'm I've seen people that literally oozed with the love of God for people. And I really appreciate that. But that even that's not having your loins girt about with truth. It's wonderful and it's beautiful, but you better mix it with something. You better mix it with something. Amen. Praise God. And so we, we, we do that. We gird our loins about with truth. And then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I don't want to go too long tonight. Have I already gone too long? Do we stop? Having on the breastplate of righteousness. When you have on the breastplate of righteousness, you don't just know you're saved. That's part of it. But, and you ought to know you're saved. But that's not all of it. But when you have on the breastplate of righteousness, not only do you know you're saved, bless God, you know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You have that, you have that down in you deep. You don't have any feelings of unworthiness. Family, don't wait till the wiles of the devil come. Don't wait till that day of attack to try to figure out now and get rid of those feelings of unworthiness. Everybody has those. The enemy tries to put on everybody that old unworthy thing. Well, we're so unworthy. We're so unworthy. I remember. I don't remember very many things taught in the church that I went to growing up. I don't know why I don't remember many things taught. But I remember the Sunday school class I was sitting in when they told me, they told our class, that to be humble meant that you tell God when you pray, God, now we're unworthy and we don't deserve this. Now that's what they said humility or being humble meant. But family, you better walk the floor until you're convinced of it saying, 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus and I'm just as righteous today. I was just as righteous on the day I was born again as I'll ever be. There's not any degrees of righteousness. Billy Graham is not more righteous than you. Oral Roberts is not more righteous than you. We're all blood-bought, blood-washed, and you are completely righteous. Every feeling of unworthiness is a snare to you. Get rid of it. I'm telling you, in the evil day, in that evil day, Satan will use that against you. Because when you feel unworthy, you won't stand up against him. You'll, you'll have a... There will be a gnawing on the inside of you that somehow you deserve this. And you don't. You don't. You did. But you don't. Because of the blood of Jesus. Amen? Man, family, we're righteous. We're clean. The Bible says we're clean by the Word of God. You, you know, we're clean. You, we, a lot of people, this makes them feel bad. If things like this bother you, these are some things you need to deal with. The Bible says lifting up holy hands. The Bible says your hands are holy. And we lift up holy hands. Man, if that grates against you... And, and hey, family, I remember when that used to grate against me. They'd say lift up holy hands and I'd go, oh, my God, my hands aren't holy. Lord, if you know what I've done. You know what I've said. You know where I've been. Once that blood gets on, blood, blood gets a hold of you and washes you, I don't, it don't matter where you've been. Don't matter what you've said. Don't matter what you've done. Don't matter how many you kill. And see, when you realize that, man, I tell you, you're holy. You're worthy. You're holy and worthy. You're holy. Say, I'm holy. I'm worthy. Praise God. Man, you're worthy to be rich. That, I think that's one area that the enemy really works on on you is I'm not worthy to be wealthy. Oh yeah, you're worthy. Amen. And you might say, man, Debbie, you don't know. I have been a poor money manager. You're worthy. You're cleansed. You're cleansed. You're cleansed and you're worthy. Amen. You're, ho oh, you're holy. Praise God, you're holy. You know why? You know one reason you can even know you're holy besides the Word of God? One reason you can, if you speak in tongues, you know you're holy because the Holy Ghost don't come and inhabit anything that's not holy. You're holy. And you know what? You family, you can't stand to touch things that are unholy. You can't stand. You, you, aren't in, you may go to some movies, but you aren't really enjoying it. Because you know, I, I know. And, I, and I'm not saying every movie. You understood what I was saying there, don't you? I mean, I watched Pollyanna last night. It was holy. <laughs> Colin cried. He said, we're the only people in the whole world that watched this movie tonight. <laughs> it was not his, an action movie. Well, sure was cute, though. I sure liked it. Amen. No, I'm, I'm not coming against movies. But you understand what I mean. You just don't want to get dirty. You just want to be holy. You want to be holy. And when you get dirty, you don't like it. Amen? When you sin, oh, I can't wait to get it cleansed off. Can you? I don't like sin in my life. I want to be, I, 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 God made me holy. He made me worthy. And I just want to stay that way. And you do too. You may have covered it up with a bunch of crud. But if you get right down to your real heart, if you're saved, you want to be holy. 
and you're worthy. And that's one thing we've got to have on. If you're going to be victorious in the evil day, you're going to have to know I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm God's child. Satan is violating a God's child. I have a covenant. And he is, Satan, you are trespassing the blood of Jesus. Because I got the blood of Jesus on my life. And I got the blood of Jesus on my house. And I got the blood of Jesus on my car. And I'm speaking the blood of Jesus on my kids. And I'm drawing a bloodline. Amen. I told him the other day, I said, you better watch it. You come across that bloodline and you'll self-destruct before your time. <laughs> I, I think Philip, I'll close with this, but Philip said this one day. I, I don't know if I can say it like you said it, but I think about this a lot. When you resist the devil, he backs up a little, but he stays and watches to see if you really mean it. Is that how you said it? See, he don't know if you really believe it or if you're just mimicking the pastor or you're just, you heard Miss Debbie say that or, you know, he doesn't know if you really believe it. He doesn't know if you really mean business. He doesn't know if you're going to hold your ground. And, you know, some of us, we, we have said it before when we didn't hold our ground. I know, I, I mean, when we're babies, I mean, I did it. I've done it. Where I said, bless God, Satan, get out of my house. Michael, I feel terrible. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Something's wrong there. I mean, you know, it just doesn't, it, you know what I'm saying? And he said, she didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. Amen. Praise God. But you're righteous. Hey, hey we didn't get very far, but there's always another Sunday, always another day, always another week. And the Holy Ghost moved tonight. And all of that, we'll talk about that more, but all of that's part of the... It's the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Though When you spoke out tonight and when you made those faith confessions and when you sang the Word of God, all of those things are those unnatural, uncarnal, holy, spiritual weapons. God has high-tech out-of-this-world weapons. When, and when you ran, I, that never happened to me like that before. Now, I've ran before, but I mean, there's something in me just bolted. I, I, I never had, I was just like, something in me, it was just like something snapped. I wasn't even thinking about running. I was just sitting here and all of a sudden, it was just like, I, it was, it's, family, those are not, that's not carnal. That is spiritual. That's a weapon. And sometimes we just run by faith. You know, and that's good too. You know, some of you may say, I didn't feel a thing. I just thought, I'm going to I'm gonna just follow. I'm just going to get out there with the leader and I'm going to follow. I didn't feel anything. But, and there's times to do that. But, there's, but there's, there was weapons tonight. There was things spoken out there in the spiritual realm that are supernatural. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up together.